Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together, to worship you, Father, to hear your word. Father, we pray now that everything done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom, Father, and to your glory. We ask now that we, it will go out and will not return void, but it will accomplish what it was sent to do. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. So there's a group of guys who decided to all, they were all going deer hunting. They went out in the wilderness, a big camp, and they decided for their safety, they were going to go out in pairs. So everybody was going to hunt with their buddy. So everybody was back except for George and Henry. And all of a sudden there's George walking up and he's panting and he is toting a big old monster buck across his shoulders and he kind of falls down on the ground he's give out and they said uh, George where's Henry like he, he uh, I think he had a stroke about a mile back and he said George you brought the deer and you left Henry back and he said well ain't nobody gonna steal Henry <clears throat> oh me um, y'all could laugh a little louder. I'm going to have to get on my kids. They've got to laugh a little bit more. All right, so last week we talked about, of, of course, the death and resurrection, res, resurrection of Christ. And, I, you know, you can't talk about all the things we talked about with Palm Sunday and the trial and the death and resurrection if you don't finish it, right? And, and so uh, last week I said that, that when he says it is finished on the cross, it is a... Uh, he's ending the old covenant. It's actually, if you translate it out, it was the, the, that was the end of the deal. And that was how they settled the deal. So when he said it is finished, the old covenant was over, right? And the new covenant was getting ready to start, but it, it was not, the transaction wasn't completed yet, right? I mean, you can make the deal and do the handshakes, but until all of the contractual stuff is signed and the t's are crossed and the i's are dotted and the dates are right and the the witnesses are right and it gets notarized you know all all the other legal stuff so what we're going to talk about today is the legal stuff of the transaction all right so um if you will turn with me to gospel according to john just to get back to where we're supposed to be the gospel according to john um chapter 20 and i'll start with verse 16 so what has happened is they're in the garden, right? And Mary's crying. In verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary, and she turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I've not yet ascended to the Father. To go instead and tell them that I'm ascending to my Father and to your Father and to my God and to your God. Right? And she went and told the disciples. He, he hadn't finished the deal yet. He had gotten to the place to where we were in the last little bit. And do you know what is the last thing in the deal? It's the payment, right? Once all of the stuff is signed and notarized and dated, the payment, the bank transfer, the transaction itself, right? Everything up and then was setting up the transaction. Well, this transaction was in the most valuable substance that's ever walked or touched the planet. It's not whatever you think it is, it is the blood of Christ. So he had to go into the holy of holies in heaven and lay the blood of Christ on the altar to complete the transaction. 
for the transaction to be 100% done, all of the terms and things have been worked out and death and hell and, and, and my penalty and your penalty and the stripes and the crown and the nails and the cross and all of those things had taken place. And the final part of it was the payment of the blood of Christ. So when he walked, when he told her, oh, you can't, don't, don't, don't touch me. The, the transaction was not 100% finished. So what happens in a transaction, right? One party has something of value. The other party has some kind of payment, right, or trade. And then the details. And once it's completed, right, you get to enjoy the privileges of whatever you bought, right? Like, like if you buy a ticket to Disney World, you get to ride all the rides that you can ride. As long as you're willing to stand in line, you can ride Splash Mountain and Thunder Mountain Railroad and Space Mountain and the teacups if you can put up with it without puking or whatever, right? Once you have went through the whole system to get there and paid to get in the door, all of the things are at your disposal. So when he ascended into heaven and he laid his blood down on the altar, he completed the transaction. That's that little magic band on the thing to get in the gate of Disney World, right? We, we are there. And then when we become saved, right, he took my place where I could take his place. So we get to jump in line right there. Step into the promises of God. Without the transaction, the promises of God never belong to the Gentiles. None of the things that are promised in the Bible belong to the Gentiles, none of them. Until the transaction is made that he bought me back with blood and I accept him as my personal savior, which is my only part of the transaction, right? I just got to show up. Once that transaction is made, then all of the things, all of the promises of God, all of a sudden become mine. And there's a list. Like it's a, it's a hefty list of benefits. I mean, yeah, we get to go to heaven, but that's, that, and that seems to be the, like the, the number one talking point when somebody wants to get saved is, I don't want to go to hell. Okay, I get it. So you get into the beginning of the transaction, the, the retirement is great, cool. Now, what happens here? So when, the, when you're talking about a transaction, I want to know what I get out of the deal. So turn with me to Hebrews. And we got, I don't believe I'll finish this today, but we might. Uh, Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 20. And he said, this is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you to keep. And in the same way, he sprinkled the blood and blocked the tabernacle with everything used in the ceremonies. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, for without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So the first thing that we have to do, the first thing that we have to do is we had to worry about the forgiveness of our sins. It's bought back with blood, right? I mean, we always talk about the retirement, but without the forgiveness of our sins, we're not even in the club, right? Sin cannot stand in the presence of God. Sin cannot be associated with God. God is holy and righteous and blameless. So without the shedding of blood, 
we can't even get across the threshold, right? So when he died for us and he poured his blood out on the altar, we were forgiven of our sins. Now this is that, you know, Romans 8, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's it. Sin leads to condemnation. No sin leads to no condemnation. And it's not that we are blameless, but that he was blameless and he was our substitute. Right? So once we get to the place to where, once you get to the place to where you believe that this transaction took place, right? It's elementary, but it's not. Because it's, well, I don't know if that's included or not. If you can get to the idea that the transaction includes forgiveness of your sins and salvation, that it belongs to you, right? Everybody agree with that? Everybody good so far? That it, it is forgiveness of our sins and it is salvation? Then what I want to sell you is the rest of the transaction, it's pretty easy to get to the place to where it's forgiveness of sins and salvation. Uh, I mean, almost every Christian that I've ever come in interaction with believes that it's forgiveness of sin, right? It, it's not a press or, or something hard to understand or something hard to believe that that's included in the deal. The rest of the stuff that I'm getting ready to talk about, people have a hard time with. And the question is, how much do you believe? Do you believe that it was only good for sin? You believe it was only good for salvation? Or can you get deep enough and crazy enough to believe that it was for uh, redemption, it was for holiness, that it was for healing, that it was supply all of my needs, that it was his peace that passes all understanding, that I become an adopted son or daughter into the body of Christ, that I'm set on the throne with him, right? That I'm lifted up with him. Because if, if you can get to there, man, we, we winning. But the problem is, is in Disney World is the best example I got in my head. And, and later after church, if y'all got a better one, you come to me. Some Christians like walk in the door and they stand out front, you know, where the people take the pictures when they're leaving or when they're coming in where the little train goes across the top. And they stay right there right there i'm saved and i'm good and i'm right here they won't go down and walk, start walking through and seeing all of the other things that are offered you know if you only walk to the front gate there's lots of stuff that happens behind that front gate i mean you can get all the way over there to big thunder mountain railroad and pirates of the caribbean or, or you know if you want to go on a jungle cruise and be amused whatever i mean there are parts of the park that you can get to right but most Christians walk in the door and say, okay, I'm saved, and I'm probably forgiven of my sins, and I'm good right here. But I want us to be walking in righteousness. I want us to be healed. I want us to have our needs met, that I want us to believe that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's where the transaction gets a little more difficult. That's where we have to read our contract. <clears throat> I've already skipped ahead, but I want to I read this just to where everybody gets it, right? Um, Romans uh, chapter 6 
in verse 22. But now you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God. The benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, who is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that's just the first step, right? And almost every Christian, we, we, can, we can buy that. Everybody understands that concept as a whole. Maybe somebody's not watching. So, so when you're saved, right, when you ask Jesus to become your Lord and Savior, this is a guarantee. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That's pretty easy. Um, so let, let's get a little more difficult. Oh, I lost my spot. Uh, turn with me to First uh, Peter, uh, chapter two. Uh, let's start with verse twenty. But how is it that your credit, if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Uh, 22, for he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. And 23, when they hurled his insults at him, he did not retaliate. And when he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrust himself into him who judged justly. 24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so we may die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. And that's a little difficult, right? It's a little more difficult to, what Michael said earlier, you got to say it. you got to say it. I would bet most of y'all in here have no problem or very little problem if somebody says, hey, are you a Christian? You believe you're, you know, your sins have been forgiven and you're born again? Yes. Do you also believe that in the same sentence that his, he said he bore his sins on his body on the cross, that you were also healed? Eh. Like healed, healed, like I can be healed sometimes, or I can be healed part of the time. No, 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 that you have been healed, have been healed, past tense, that you have been healed. Do you talk that and walk that and believe that at the bottom of your heart? The Bible says what you believe in your heart and say with your mouth, you're going to have. So do you walk around and say that, well, I'm kind of saved as long as I behave and I don't do anything silly, but I don't know about healed. I mean, it seems like in the transaction... I mean, at least in, in Peter's opinion in the transaction, that in the same sentence that he bore our sins and our stri his stripes, we were healed in the same sentence. So if you can hang your hat on salvation, but you can't hang your hat on healing, then, I mean, I, don't, I didn't see the semicolon. I, don't, I mean, I don't see a period there is a comma. But uh, there's a semicolon that where by his wounds we are healed. But it's still all in the same, it's all in the same thing, right? 
So as Christians, if we are living according to God's promises, right? And there's a bunches of promises. There are bunches of promises. If we are living according to God's promises, we should be able to stand and say, without a doubt, I might not look healed, I might not feel healed, but by the word of God, by faith, I'm healed. By, I might not look saved, I might not talk saved, I might not walk saved, but by faith, I'm saved. Right? Isn't that what it is that you believe in your heart and say with your mouth? By faith, I'm saved. By faith, I'm healed. Okay. Y'all got quiet on me for a second. It's okay. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. See, see, this is where we get into that. This is where we get into that. Oh, wait a minute. Did I quote it wrong? Hold on. Time out. That ain't it. 17. Ha, ha, ha. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. There we go. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. For the old is gone and the new is here. So when the transaction took place, the old me stopped being. The new me started being. The new me is saved. And the new me is healed. And the new me has been redeemed from the curse. And the new me comes under no condemnation. And the new me... Walks by faith and not by sight, right? The, the old has gone and the new is here. And if it's new, then we need to figure out what all of the new is. Now, I'm going to try to do this as easy as possible, but I don't know how easy it is to keep up with. So, who are we in Christ? What exactly is in the fine print of the contract. Now, I've already read a couple of these, but this list is really written out in a fantastic way. I have a hard time not reading it down the list. So, I hope Sally can do the scripture as fast as I can read them. I'm going to slow down. I've been working on that. I don't know if y'all can tell. I've been working on that. All right, so Romans 3.24. We are justified by Christ. Romans 8.1. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 2. We are set free from the law of sin and death. 1 Corinthians 1, 2. We are sanctified and made holy in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1, 30. For we are the righteousness and holy in Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 22. For we have been made alive at the resurrection. 2 Corinthians 5.17 For behold, we are new creations in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 That we are being made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Galatians 3.28 That we are one in Christ with all other fellow believers. Ephesians 1.3 For we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1.4 For we are holy and blameless. Ephesians 1, 5, and 6. For we are adopted as God's children. Ephesians 1, 7. Our sins have been taken away and we are forgiven. Now that's only halfway to list. Do we walk around and act like all of that belongs to us? Do we walk around and act like that that's who we are in Christ? 
Neil, I want you to hear that. That's who we are in Christ. That's not who you are in you. You fail. You fall down. You mess up. You do wrong. Wait a minute. I fail. I mess up. I fall down. I do wrong. My identity in Christ is exactly that. Is my identity in Christ. It's not my identity in me. My identity in me is pretty pitiful. But by faith, when we start to accept this transaction took place and it bought us all of these things, then why are we walking around without all of the things? I want all of the things. See, that's the thing, right? I, I, y'all ain't never been to, some of y'all been to Disney World with me, but if you ever been to Disney World, look here. 7.30 in the morning, you better be getting in shape. You better be stretching out. We riding everything, everything. From the front gate to the back gate and the side gate, everything. Everything. Why? Because we paid for it. I want all of it. If we bought it, I want all that we can do. If I go to Krabby Mike's, I want all of it. As I paid for it and I want all of the things. All of it. If Jesus paid for it, I want all of it. I don't want him going, well, you know, I paid for you to go on Splash Mountain, but y'all stayed over there by Peter Pan all day. I don't know what y'all were doing. Really? You go sit down and eat twice in one day? I mean, can you not eat when you get home? We got stuff to do. Stupid watch is talking to me. We have things to do. We have been bought with a price with the most precious thing that has ever been on the planet and if he paid my admission i want all of it i want to touch every part of the promises of god why because i want people to see it i want the body of christ to expand because of stuff that we are doing but like i said now you can't walk in the front gate and stand there and go Oh, man, it's so wonderful to be a Christian, and I'm going to stay right here. We're not going to have any of those things over there because I don't know if that's really for me or not. Or it, that might have went out with the apostles, or I don't think God really is in that business anymore. He ain't really up to doing that, and I, I'm just going to stay right here. No, sir. I want all the things. I want all of the promises. I want, I want all of it. I want my needs met with his riches and glory. I want his righteousness to cover me. I want him to make my path straight. I want me to be planted beside the stream of water that my leaves never wither and my fruit is always on time. I want all of it. Why? Because it makes me look good? Heck no. Because it glorifies him. This is, it, it is all about him. All right, back to the list. Anybody remember where I stopped? Ephesians 7, 1, 7. Ephesians 1, 10, and 11, we will be brought under Christ's authority. Ephesians 1, 13, we are identified as belonging to God in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2, 6, so we have been raised up to sit with Christ in heavenly realms. Ephesians 2, 10, we are God's handiwork. Ephesians 2, 13, we have been brought near to God. Ephesians 3, 6, we share all of the promises of blessings through Christ Jesus. Ephesians 3, 12, 
we can come with freedom and confidence into God's presence or boldly to the throne of God. Ephesians 5, 29 and 30. Well, we are members of the body of Christ, which is the church. Colossians 2.10, we have been made complete in Christ. Colossians 2.11, we have been set free from our sinful nature. 2 Timothy 2.10, we have eternal glory. 1 Peter 2.24, we have been justified and healed. Philippians 4.6, we have his peace. And Philippians 4.19, that he meets our needs with his riches and glory. That's a pretty good list. The question is, do we believe it? And are we willing to stand on it by faith? Because it's real easy to say. And it it is what it is today. Anybody ever been in line for a roller coaster? And it keeps getting closer and closer and closer and closer. And you watch the little kid in line, and they'll go, ah, I don't think so. And out the door they go, right? How many of us are standing on the precipice of living where God wants us to live, to, to enjoy in the promises that he's given us through this great transaction? And we get right there, and we need that one step of by faith. Nah, I'm good right here. I don't want anybody to think I'm crazy. I don't want anybody to think I'm silly. I don't want anybody to think that I'm more than I am. They know that I don't always live like God wants me to live. Who does? Who does? The Bible said that God loved the world so much that he sent Jesus for us. The world is the folks that is the worst heathens you can come up with ever in the history of time. Those people, he loved those people so much he sent Jesus. <clears throat> so by faith, <clears throat> we should be walking into the, I'm redeemed, I'm adopted, I've been bought back, that I walk no condemnation, that I am healed, that I am full, that I am righteousness of Christ, Right? That he meets all of my needs through his riches and glory. That I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So why don't we? If we know what it says. And we believe what it says. I mean, you believe it, right? I mean, if that's, I read it. It's in the word. I mean, I'm like granddaddy. I used to believe the, I mean, we believe the whole thing, right? Even the genuine leather. You know what he used to say? I don't even say genuine leather. It must not be genuine leather. But we believe all of it, right? From the front to the back and the back to the front. This is what the Word of God is. And if, you know, if God's Word says it, then I'm not exactly sure who's really um, the authority to, to dispute it. Although we allow folks to dispute it all the time. But if we know what the promises of God says... Right, And we believe that they are ours by faith. They belong to us. Why aren't we living them? I mean, it's a pretty tough question. Maybe it's an introspective question. But if we're not living to up to our end of the bargain, then we need to tighten up a little bit. If we're not enjoying all of the things that were bought... 
I mean, Romans says we cannot be separated from the love of Christ, right? So what can separate us? Uh, nothing. Height, depth, width, nothing. So then, if the contract was written and made and paid for in full, and you're not taking advantage of it, whose fault is it? I mean, it, it, the contract's there, right? It, it, it's been paid in full. It's what God's Word says. This is definitely the benefits. I mean, we have to step up and live a court. But what? Mm, what's Hosea say? See, that, it always goes back to that, doesn't it? Hosea says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So how about if you have a contract and you don't know what it says? You don't know what benefits you have. Well, I didn't know I could do that. Well, I didn't know that really meant me. Well, I didn't know I could ride that ride. If somebody is willing to go through the blood, sweat, and tears to get to buying all of this for me, I'm going to do everything in my power to live in the fullness of the contract. I challenge you to do the same. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, we just thank you and praise you for your word. Father, we pray that it will go forth and it will not return void. Father, we thank you for the benefits that you've given us through this blood-bought contract. Father, And we just give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.